At Total Wine & More, find the best gifts for everyone on your list, whether it's a Cabernet for sis or a single-barrel bourbon that dad will love. With the lowest prices for over 30 years, you'll always find what you love and love what you find. Only at Total Wine & More. Spirits not sold in Virginia and North Carolina. Drink responsibly. Be 21. Where can you find the best gifts at great low prices that everyone will love? At Total Wine & More, of course, with so many great bottles to choose from. Find something for everyone on your list, whether it's a Cabernet for your sis, sparkling wine for a coworker, or a single barrel bourbon for dad. And if you need any help, just ask one of their friendly guides for advice. With the lowest prices for over 30 years, you'll always find what you love and love what you find. Only at Total Wine & More. Spirits not sold in Virginia and North Carolina. Drink responsibly, B21. Hi, I'm Kristen McGlory, lifelong genius hunter. For a decade, I've been unearthing the recipes that have changed the way we cook. Now, on the Genius Recipe Tapes, we go behind the scenes with the geniuses themselves. This week, I sat down with Janae Claiborne, who has been gracing the internet with her incredible vegan dishes on her blog, Sweet Potato Soul, for years, as well as in her cookbook of the same name. The main reason I wanted to speak with Janae this week was to get the story behind one of her recipes in my newest book, Simply Genius. Her tahini pistachio granola took something that was already not terribly difficult to make and gave me a way to make it even faster, with less of a mess in the kitchen, and with more flavor than ever, no matter what was going on in my kitchen and in my life. We will hear plenty more from Janae about that recipe and a few others, but first, here she is to tell us about how she found her love of cooking with a very unexpected recipe after her mom brought her shopping for cookbooks. She doesn't like to cook. And she bought me a Chinese cookbook from the discount section at Barnes & Noble. So I flipped through this cookbook and I found a Szechuan chicken recipe in that cookbook. And I made it. My mom took me to the grocery store to buy all the ingredients. And she was like, OK, you can make it for me for dinner. And I did. And I made that same Szechuan chicken recipe out of that cookbook for like at least two years before I finally tried something else. I remember making it like maybe once a week, maybe every other week. It wasn't like a daily occurrence, but I made it on repeat. And I think I made it until my mom got remarried and my stepdad had to take on part of the cooking duty. And I also started experimenting with other things as well. But boy, that was how I started cooking. Wow. Did it turn out well the first time? I think so. I don't remember any disasters. I don't remember. I remember it just like being really yummy every time. I don't remember any like, I don't remember any challenges. <laughs> maybe, maybe I'm blinking them out or something, but I do not remember having any challenges, even though I was like eight years old. I don't. <laughs> Did your mom help you a little bit? No, I don't remember her helping. I just remember her taking me to the grocery <laughs> store and, you know, we're talking about raw chicken. What do I yeah. know about raw chicken? So like, I remember like cleaning the chicken and cutting the chicken, like the chicken breasts, like cutting it thinly, reading the recipe and like, okay, they say cut it like this. You cut it in half. Oh God, I'm vegan. Here I am talking about cutting chicken. Uh, <laughs> but you like cut it in half and then you like cut it in small little bite-sized pieces. And uh, I had to use these Chinese peppers, these dry peppers. And, you know, there's like two different, I feel like there are two different types of soy sauce. 
we had to use like a light one and a dark one. And I had to make the sauce. And I think I made it in like a bowl, little bowl first, mixed together the soy sauces, the peppers and the sugar and would whisk it. And then I think you'd pour that over the chicken. And I don't remember vegetables. (laughs) (laughs) But I remember all this was delicious. That's all I know. And I need to redo it veganized because maybe it'll take me down memory lane. I wish I could find that recipe, but it must still be in her house in the basement somewhere. In like a million years, I will find it and I will remake it. You reach for the top olive oils and invest in the best pans. But in the kitchen, how well do you care for your greatest tool, your hands? When mine take a beat in cooking and cleaning, which is often, I use Bag Bomb to work its wonders on my poor, distressed skin. Created 125 years ago on a Vermont dairy farm, their soaps smell great and clean hands without stripping moisture, and their fast-absorbing lotion means I can quickly get back to cooking. Treat your hardworking hands to Bag Bomb, every chef's best friend. Use code FOOD52 for 20% off your order on bagbomb.com. Good through 2024. You reach for the top olive oils and invest in the best pans. But in the kitchen, how well do you care for your greatest tool, your hands? When mine take a beat in cooking and cleaning, which is often, I use Bag Bomb to work its wonders on my poor, distressed skin. Created 125 years ago on a Vermont dairy farm, their soaps smell great and clean hands without stripping moisture, and their fast-absorbing lotion means I can quickly get back to cooking. Treat your hardworking hands to Bag Bomb, every chef's best friend. Use code FOOD52 for 20% off your order on bagbomb.com. Good through 2024. How do you think you would veganize it now? Like, where, where do you think you would go to replace the chicken now? Uh, that's a good question. Um, because now, I mean, there's so many directions to re- replace that chicken. If I were to make it today, I would probably do mushrooms, like oyster mushrooms. Uh, that's my favorite type of mushroom. I'd probably do oyster mushrooms. And, you know, oyster mushrooms just have a million times more flavor than chicken. Uh, so, you know, I'd press them. I would not cut them very small because the chicken was in like these bite-sized pieces because, you know, chicken is meatier and tougher than mushrooms. So I would actually probably half the mushroom so that I can make almost like two steaks with a nice big oyster mushroom. Mm. And what I always do with mushrooms, because I, because the mushrooms can cook by themselves. So you, you do your oil, do a little bit of garlic in the pan, add the mushroom steaks and then put a little salt on top and then press them down with something heavy like a cast iron skillet. You just put it directly on top of the mushrooms or bacon press, like a cast iron bacon press and press all those juices out. And then you can take, once the mushrooms are fully cooked and their juice is still in the pan, you can take them out then saute your vegetables. Now they're cooking in like your mushroom juice, like how people would do with bacon, you know, which obviously I don't eat. So do your, then do your vegetables in there and then add the mushrooms back in because you don't, you know, you don't want to overcook them. You don't want to get soggy. I don't usually add mushrooms to the end of a dish once I've already made my sauce and my vegetables because I like them being, I like to press them to really intensify their texture and their flavor. So I would take it, I, I'll take it out and then I'll put it back in. And do they have kind of crispy edges too when you do it that way? You, yeah, yeah, definitely. Especially when you've pressed it. If you press it long enough, and that's another reason I like the oyster mushrooms because they, you know, they, they will get the crispy edges. They will. That's a really good recipe. Yeah, right. That you can hand it to an eight-year-old who's never cooked before. Right. And have it come out perfectly. That's the dream. It is. And I am so grateful that I had that opportunity to start cooking at eight because I really do think 
it set me up for where I'm at today as far as I love cooking. I love creating recipes. I love being in the kitchen by myself and experimenting and just and just and also feeding other people too. That's something that I got from my grandmother. But if I was if I lived with my grandmother and she always did all the cooking for us, I don't think I would necessarily have started cooking on my own because she she always wanted to do all of it. She would let me come in the kitchen and like watch her. And, but she never really wanted me to help her. She was just like, oh, no, you don't need to do this. This is in her eyes. It was like a burden. You go play. You go play. But when I was with just me and my mom, it was like, OK, well, you have to. And that's how I was able to think about, oh, what did I see my Nana doing? Or what did I see my dad doing at his house? And then that's how I've you know built my own, my own um, uh, relationship with cooking and food. <laughs> Do you feel like that sense of confidence and independence that you had, you know, first making that Szechuan chicken dish when you were little, do you feel like that's kind of carried through as you decided to make your career around creating recipes? Yes, 100%. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, but it, in general, and when it comes to the creating the recipes, the confidence, but just also creating this career, you know, I have a lot of confidence and I have a lot of independence and I'm the only kid, by the way. So I was always, you know, alone. I'm still a loner. It, it helped me because I, I never look for outside like validation. Some a little bit, just like a normal amount. Like I want I want followers on Instagram and YouTube and such. But I definitely can forge my own path. If nobody else is doing it, that means literally nothing to me, except for maybe oh, that's a good idea because nobody's doing it yet. That makes so much sense to me, especially given the recipe that we're here to talk about today, um, mm. your tahini pistachio granola that is in our new Simply Genius cookbook. Um, because I remember when I first stumbled on that recipe on your blog and wait, there's no oil in this. There's no mm -hmm. there's no like additional fat of any kind. I had never seen a granola recipe like that. And and you were using, you know, only the fat that came in the tahini, basically, uh, to make the granola. I even kind of looked around like, wait, am I just missing something? Am I just mm -hmm. out of touch? Like maybe there are other tahini, you know, recipes where the tahini is the cooking fat in like in your recipe. And there was, I couldn't find anyone else doing it. So <laughs> I would love to hear from you because I don't think I've really ever heard the full story of how you ended up making this recipe. I know there was an earlier recipe, right? The, the cookies. Oh, oh, okay. So now you're helping me remember. Okay, yes. good. <laughs> But I want to know where did the cookie recipe come from? Look, I want to know just as much as you. I When I make recipes, I don't remember how I made them, one, unless it was like yesterday, you know. And then when I go back to my recipes, I look at the recipe. I don't remember them. I My my cookbook is just is super like dog-eared from because I just I can make the same thing every other day. And I just simply don't remember, um, I guess, because I, I don't know, I'm doing it in the moment now. I don't remember where the cookie recipe came from, but I it might have been some sort of mistake situation. But the thing about the granola is that I would make these incredible tahini cookies. Love those cookies. Those are still my favorite cookies. And I would barely be able to get them in the oven because I would be eating the batter. That's how the granola <laughs> recipe came about. So I'm like, oh my goodness, if this is delicious just as a batter, what if I use actual rolled oats versus I usually use quick cook oats for the cookies so they'll stick better. But let me use rolled oats. I mean, the, the ingredients overall are very similar. And also back then, um, I had not been vegan so long. I'd probably been vegan for like five years. 
there's like a type of veganism called whole food plant-based. Specifically, that means you are really eating whole foods. You're not eating like oil extracts, like Mm. olive oil, coconut oil. Instead, you eat the whole food version. So the whole olive or actual coconut or instead of avocado oil, you're using avocado. And that would apply to baked goods like the cookies, which do not have any added oil either. So, yeah, that's kind of like the background for the recipe. I can't remember like exactly. I don't remember at all making that recipe the first time, but I know what it tastes like. <laughs> that's one thing I never forget. I never forget how my recipes taste ever. I remember that Szechuan chicken still. still. I never forget how things taste. <laughs> I never will forget how it tasted the first time I made it. And I also will never forget how shocking it was. Because the granola recipe that I had always made and love still for other moments took 40 minutes in the oven, stirring every mm. 10 minutes, at mm. least. I, yep. I know. More if you wanted to make it even crispier. So yours only takes like 15 minutes with one stir. And it's just as, I mean, probably because it's a less wet mixture without that extra oil. That was such a revelation that I ended up writing the introduction to Simply Genius about it because it was like, this is it. This is what this book is about. It's stumbling on recipes from really smart people like you who have figured out, um, you know, a shortcut that doesn't even necessarily feel like a shortcut. It's just a really good recipe, but you can get to it faster and simpler. Mm-hmm. As I wrote in the introduction, I made that recipe side by side with my then not quite two-year-old. And the fact that we were able to make it together, she had her own little bowl that she was mixing her own measurements. And I was mixing, like testing your recipe, like to test a recipe, actually side by side with a toddler and then get it in the oven and then get it, clean everything up, get it out of the oven. And we're tasting it 15 minutes later. And she's never gotten bored and wandered away was just like a, a dream for a new parent. Yes. And like, you know, we still make your, your granola recipe. So, you know, my daughter, I think our kids are very close in age now. Yours is three now. Mm -hmm. So mine will be four in January, but we love making granola together. And like you said, it's, it's really a testament that when you can stand in the kitchen and make something side by side, or even if you're help having them help you with one bowl and they don't get bored and they don't wander away. That is so good because I, okay, I'm going to say this. I don't like doing a lot of little kid stuff, <laughs> you know, my daughter will want to play and boss me around and you know how they are. Like, I want to play this. I want to play that. I, I want you to this, that, or the other. And I, I get, I get bored of playing little kid play. Um, so one of my favorite ways that, so I, you know, I have to come up with things that both of us, both Georgie and I can do together and we're both happy and both entertained and we're together. You know, I don't want to put her in front of the television all the time. And cooking and making these types of recipes is my number one favorite thing for us to do together. She loves it. I think she loves it equally, if not more than I do. But yeah, we need we need more recipes that mom and dad and kids and you know parents and grandparents all that can do together. It's just so sweet. <laughs> Hey, it's Kristen. We'll be back with the rest of our conversation with Janae in just a moment. And we're back with Janae Claiborne. 
Well, and similar to your other recipe, because I and we're mainly here to talk about this recipe in Simply Genius, but you have another recipe in the same book mm-hmm. for your collard green salad with pickled onions and the dressing there. Coconuts. Yeah. As you were talking about, you know, the, what was it called again? Whole foods Whole food plant-based. plant-based. Yes. So that's another theme that comes across in this recipe because the dressing really surprised me since it also doesn't have any oil. Were you coming up with that around the same time? Yes, I was in 2016. So that was the last year that I was a private chef. I don't really think like that anymore. I I think it's wonderful. And I think, I mean, it is more healthful for you to avoid oils. But because I had those clients, that was kind of just more at the forefront of my mind. But I think I'd like to challenge myself to do more of that now. Because these foods like coconut and avocado and tahini have so much fat on their own. And oftentimes when, so I'm a vinaigrette person. I make a vinaigrette a day, basically. And you just use so much oil. And the flavor, I love olive oil. That's what I use in my vinaigrettes. But it can overpower. So you can't really make a creamy coconut dressing with olive oil in it. Now it's going to taste like olive oil. And if you put coconut in it, once it gets cold, it's going to solidify. And that's going to change. It's not going to be like nice and creamy anymore. So for me, I feel like sometimes you just totally skip the oil. You don't need it. The thing is fatty enough as it is, especially when you're massaging. Like for that, it's a collard green salad. So you really need to massage it well because they're so tough. So you need something really fatty to help break down those cell walls of the, of the leaf. And you don't really need oil. No. And that dressing is just, it's like, it's coconut milk, soy, rice vinegar, a little cayenne. It's bringing in all of those different, you know, the the, the tangy, the the mm-hmm. salty, the sweet, all of those things and and no, you know, no oil in sight. And you come out with something that's a little bit different in a great way too. Like not only is the olive oil not dominating it, but like, you know, it's just a, a totally different kind of dressing. Yes. I need to think more about that for this next cookbook too, because I have, I have like literally five different vinaigrettes. And as we're talking about this, I'm like, okay, she's right. I need to go to remember that I don't have to use all this oil and mustard. My two favorite things. Can you tell us more about this upcoming book? So this is my second cookbook. It's coming out spring 2024, I think, Mm. which is a long time, but you know how fast that goes. My first cookbook was Veganized Soul Food, which was great. This one, however, it's going to be, it is inspired more by, it's inspired from the South, but like the South today, right? It's, I live here in Atlanta. I'm born and raised here. I recently moved back home, but this this city especially is a melting pot, the South in general. People from all over the world, all different cuisines. And growing up, I was exposed to all of them. We eat Ethiopian restaurant, Thai restaurants, um, you know, different, part, different uh, types of Mexican food, different types of Chinese food, different types of Indian food, you know, different regions, soul food. So these new recipes are inspired by these different cuisines down here in the South. And some will be almost like, I don't really like the word fusion, But, you know, like a marriage, the reality between, you know, traditional Southern recipes or, you know, like say Korean inspired. I have this great, great sweet potato kimchi pancake in the cookbook. So sweet potatoes being, you know, they are a Korean ingredient, but it's a different type, right, that they use in most of the world versus the orange ones here. So it's the orange, like jewel sweet potatoes or garnet ones that we use here 
with kimchi, and it's just basically a regular kimchi pancake recipe. Really thin. Talk about crispy on the edges. Like, oh, delicious. So that's the sort of recipes we're doing. And also very easy things. So these are recipes that are definitely very creative and colorful and inspired. However, practical and approachable. Not Mm -hmm. too many crazy ingredients. I don't think it's too much to ask people to go to the international grocery store or the Asian grocery store. I do not stay away from those types of things like kimchi or plum vinegar that you might have to get at Whole Foods or God forbid the internet. I don't stay away from that. Uh, And I want to encourage people to, you know, not drive two hours to a, a grocery store, but at least like if you're used to going to Kroger and you live like in your other option, equal distance away is an H Mart, try the Mm -hmm. H Mart, you know, see what they've got, you know, letting people know that like you can also shop at all these places and your food will be more delicious. Thanks for listening. And my thanks to Janae Claiborne for sitting with me for this episode. Be sure to check out her first book, Sweet Potato Soul, wherever you shop for cookbooks and be on the lookout for her next publication coming soon. This recipe is on Food 52 today for all of your speed gifting situations and for all of Janae's brilliant riffs and a hundred or so more Simply Genius recipes like them. I hope you'll consider giving the beginners, the busy, and the curious cooks in your life the Simply Genius cookbook. It's available anywhere cookbooks are sold and it's available signed at Food 52 and a handful of independent bookstores. Right now, that includes Kitchen Arts and Letters in New York City, Omnivore Books on Food in San Francisco, Book Larder in Seattle, and Books Inc. stores in the South San Francisco Bay Area. Now Serving in LA is coming very soon. This week's episode was put together by me, Kristen McGlory, executive producer Harry Sultan, and with post-production by Crutch Phrase Studios. If you have a favorite rule-breaking granola recipe, I would love to hear about it at geniusatfood52.com or by tagging me on Instagram at McGlorious. And if you like the Genius Recipe Tapes podcast, the very best thing that you can do to support us and to help other people find our show is to take a moment to leave us a five-star rating and review. Or send this episode to someone who could use some granola, some cookies, or an eight-year-old's very good Sichuan chicken. Thanks so much. Talk to you soon. 